So I say, you know, gift somebody either your time, buy books, share stories like you're saying, you know, because you won't be around forever and you never know what part of you will be remembered. In this world that's filled with so much noise and information, how do we really stand out and be who we were really meant to be? In this podcast, we focus on injecting you with positivity, optimism, and strategies, all centered around helping you be who you were always meant to be in business and life. Be inspired to show up in your own skin and learn from others as we share our own life journeys and stories. There's no other you, and you know yourself better than anyone else. So be prepared to take away habitual tidbits and tactics that will encourage you to pursue and live your life, not the one others want you to live. Welcome to Stand Out Be You, where you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be you. Welcome to Stand Out Be You, and I have a question for you before we get started. Are you stressing out trying to maintain your schedule and be the modeled parent? Well, today, my friends, I have a guest here, and she is helping parents walk through the challenges and joys of parenting so they can grow and have the best relationships with who matters to us most, our kids. She is a transformational author, educator, speaker, and family dynamics strategist, and she's better known as Miss Parent Guru. C. Lynn Williams, welcome to Stand Out Be You. Please fill in the gaps and tell us a little bit more about you. Well, hello. I'm so delighted to be with you today, Tequila. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And I am, um, I'm a superwoman. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, when I think about my definition of superwoman, what I think of is the fact that I am a married woman and I have even though my children are adult, I have children. I am running a business and I'm also teaching still. And I'm an author. And so none of those am I willing to give up and drop. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I let them go for a moment, but they're still an integral part of my life. So you can say, yes, I have my hands in a lot of different things like C. Lynn Williams, then you're superwomen. And I say to my wonderful superwomen, there was a journey. How I got here, for me, I didn't, I didn't start out that way. Um, my plan was not to be a superwoman. I think when I first started, I wanted to be an actress. Now, I can't explain why. <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't like the limelight. <laughs> yes. If you said, get on stage, when we'd have piano recitals, my knees would shake so bad. I was like, oh my God, please. <laughs> just let the floor open up, you know? That was just the, that fear. And I think we all have some kind of fear. I I even know one of my favorite singers, Barbara Streisand, hates to be out on stage. And she sings so beautifully. It's ridiculous. But so how did I get here? The short story is I went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. I was just doing my own thing in a marriage, had kids, worked a corporate job, thought I had the life, and the bottom fell out. And I initiated it. And so... You know, for those of you that are just trying to decide, you know, I never believed that I wanted to stay married until my children grew up, even if I was unhappy. I think that happiness is just infectious, just like sadness is infectious. And to be a happy woman, 
just says a lot. And to be a sad woman says the same thing in an opposite direction. I've always been honest with my children about most things. And so it was time to move on from my marriage. And that's what I did. But along that journey, I realized that the world had changed and that the way that people cared for their children was entirely different than what I was doing and what I was used to. And, and I don't mean it to say that people had just, you know, let their kids run wild, but they kind of did. I mean, like, for example, in high school, I had a bedtime. It was 8.30. Now, my mom and dad would always explain that I had to get up very early and travel clear across town to go to high school. So I needed to be in bed at 8.30. So, of course, your parents say it, then, you know, you agree with it. And whether I agreed or not was irrelevant. That's what I had to do. But one of the things that I learned was they had a specific amount of control and we were a close-knit family. Now, did we have issues? Absolutely. But I knew that they cared about me, even if we didn't do a lot of hugging and kissing. And one of the things that I found was a divorced mom with two children of my own is that I didn't see that close-knitness in a lot of the relationships that my kids' friends had in their families. They were at my house all the time. They listened, they ate at my house, they slept in my house until I kicked them out. Go home. <laughs> but, you know, I got a chance to see that, you know, parents were, some of them had a couple of two or three jobs, so they were trying to make ends meet. Others were much younger than I was, and their kids were as old as mine were. So they had a little different idea of what it meant to raise kids. You know, I believe that I needed to know pretty much everything that mine were doing, and I wanted to know everybody that they were hanging around. And a lot of parents didn't feel that same way. So I started writing quite by accident. I would be out and I'd see things and I'd write it down. The cell phone technology wasn't as big at that time. And now we're talking like uh, mid-90s. It was starting to happen, but wasn't, hadn't taken over. But I just started writing just things for parents to keep their sanity. That was my first book, Trying to Stay Sane. And so I talked about things that were important to me, like one of the things my parents did not do is they did not apologize. If they were wrong, we never knew about it. And I just felt differently. I felt like in order to have a relationship with my kids, I needed to be authentic. And if I was wrong, I didn't feel bad about admitting it. And, and I was a different generation, so I could do it. You know, I could do whatever I wanted to, but that was important to me. And it was important also that even though my kids were really upset with us as divorced parents, I divorced when I was, had been married 18 years, so that's a long time. I still wanted them to have a great relationship with their dad and for us to communicate in such a way. I wasn't willing to, you know, put him on the outer fringes. So we, he was included. He was included in, you know, as much, you know, sometimes it was like more than I could stand. But, <laughs> but generally, you know, it was like, can dad come to Thanksgiving dinner? Yes. And so my prayer to God was, yes, I am divorcing, but I also, this is a family and I'm not trying to tear the fabric apart. I just yeah. am no longer wanting to be married to this particular person. So, you know, all of that ended up with, you know, I wrote at least three books that were surrounded about um, the teens and tweens, the mother and son relationship, the mother and daughter relationship, which each of those books are really heartwarming 
they're not specific to a, an age because I think that the mother and son, you know, I've, I've had women come up and say, you know, my grandmother's still paying for my uncle's mortgage or his car note. And she's in her 70s and he's in his 50s. And I'm, I'm just laugh and I say, he's a pampered prince. And then from there, I wrote a book about blended family because I'm remarried now. And, you know, I, the guy that I married was someone I knew in high school. We were really best friends. If you can be best friends with a guy, this was the guy. And yeah. yet we were never romantic, but that was, you know, that was the guy. And, and even though my kids knew him as friends, when we decided to get married, they were like, no way, you can't marry this man. Like, he's our friend. He, you can't marry our <laughs> friend, you know. <laughs> and, and he just said, you know, after, after all the other books came out, he said, you got to write a book on blended family because yeah. there's so many areas that people don't talk about. You know, at the time that I wrote that book, the statistics said marriages didn't last over five years, blended family marriages. And I, we had been married by that time for 10 years. I mean, we had ups and downs. There's no question about that. I mean, even to this day, my bonus daughter, who I really adore, she still gets on my nerves when she comes to the house because she is the princess. She is her dad's. He just loves her to pieces. And Think about like a gift. She is his gift. And so that's part of the family, just like he probably thinks the same thing about my son. And so you always have that give and take. And it's really important to understand it so that it doesn't break the relationship. But more importantly, from there, I, I realized none of this really matters if you're the kind of woman that does everything for everybody except herself. And she has no joy because she's just doing, she's just going through the motions. And so I started a program for women who were overwhelmed called Finding Superwoman, because I believe that there's joy in everything. Now, you might say, well, my kids have been sick for a week, and I haven't gotten any rest, or blah, blah, blah. You, I mean, there's always things that get in the way, but I have certain mantras, you know, like in the morning, before everybody gets up, I'm up, and I'm praying, and I'm meditating. And I'm thanking God for the things that, whatever five things I can think of so that I can stay centered in this like bubble so that I'm really kind of protected against all of the crazy stuff that goes on. Because you have to admit, everything that's going on right now is completely insane. Just completely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like sometimes you just don't even, what comes at you, you're like, I just don't even know. How can... <laughs> this be topped, right? <laughs> Everything is going at such a quick pace that if you're not on your game, you just like, I can't even get up today. It's just too much going on. And I mm -hmm. say, I understand that, but here's how you handle that. And so my Finding Superwoman, I have two facets to it. One is where I, I work with you individually, if that's what you want to do, or I have a group coaching. All of this is online generally. And the group coaching will begin again in January, like the 9th of January. But it really is designed to be a support because as women, unlike men, men, men is so interesting. They can be angry with you, each other, and still go and play golf, yes. play a game of basketball, <laughs> throw footballs, sit and watch a game together. They were mad at you, but they can still do all of that, right? Because they don't usually hold the grudges. We as women, I'm mad at her, 
I've been mad at her for 10 years. I'm not going to talk to her or her children. Yeah. I'm making a joke of it, but that's, you know, we kind of tend to hold on to stuff. And so, yeah, you're completely right. Because one of the things I was speaking with a client on this and saying, you know, who else does the, the description you just did about men, children, they can mm -hmm. be upset, but they turn and play again with each mm -hmm. other. But mm -hmm. us women. <laughs> oh, no. So part of my healing through some family issues and things like that was writing the books. I didn't realize that we come from a really private family, but I'm here to say that each time you interact with other people and you share your experiences and you reach out, you just do things that help other people is a way of healing. And yeah. so that's what the Finding Superwoman does. And, you know, I'm, I'm delighted to offer it because when I talk to people and they go through this, now you're smiling again. Think about it. I mean, think about your best days, how you feel. You're up. You just feel fabulous, yes. which is the exact opposite of I don't even want to get out of the bed because I have like 20 things waiting for me when, as soon as I hit the floor. Yeah, I hear a lot of it. And what you're seeing is the balance. Today, what we have to focus on is the balance between all the distractions that are always constantly around us. And one thing that we have to actually be mindful about, and it's one thing that I know that I started doing, and I spoke with another guest on a previous episode, is establishing the boundaries. Yes. If yes, you don't yes, yes. have the boundaries in place, then you will be completely, not just offline with social media and all that, but in your life. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things that I love talking about, especially for mothers, mm -hmm. is having boundaries. And boundaries is not just business boundaries. Boundaries, being able to say no. I was just talking about it on another webinar tonight. We, we say yes when we really want to say no often. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, we start by saying, oh, well, I'm not really sure. And then somebody will say, well, you know, we really need you or nobody else does it the way you do, whatever they have to say. And then the next thing you know, you're saying, oh, well, okay. So now you've taken on another project and you already know that you've got like, you know, several things that have to have your full attention. And it's all you need to be overwhelmed when all you have to say is, you know what? I would love to do that for you. I'm not available again until the spring. Exactly. So that balance, that boundary setting, and, and you have to do it even with your kids and your spouse, because I think the guilt, you know, that and your parents, I have to add the parents in. Okay, so why can't, you know, like your kid will say, well, you don't love me because if you love me, you would do this. I mean, don't they do yes, that? Yes, with the little face and everything and all. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My daughter got married this year. She's my oldest. She's not the oldest of the four. So my husband has two adult children. His oldest is, or I should say our oldest, he's 34. The youngest of the four is 27. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter got married in, in uh, April of this year. And I basically kind of cleared my calendar, not completely, but last fall we started talking. Like she was calling every day. What about this? What about that? And she's in another city in another state. So I would make time for her. I'd say to my husband, oh, my God, she's calling again. <laughs> and he said, well, you really don't want to not talk to her, right? So we had this bond, and that was really important for me is to have this bond and to be available to her. 
because I wanted to live through when I first got married, my mom and I were at odds, you know, yeah. um, money was an issue. Uh, I think we were having some control issues. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't enjoyable. And right. I wanted this one to be enjoyable. So, you know, I mean, I think you make, you know, like you said, there are boundary issues, but I think sometimes you decide, okay, this is worth you right. know, lowering the gate for a while. Right, right. And, you know, and that's, that's important because one of the things that you did, you picked what you knew was important to be able to do. Because sometimes we just pile things on our plates. Mm-hmm. And I think you were getting at that, that don't even belong on there. <laughs> but we're doing it. You go back to kids. Kids, most times, if they don't want to do something, what do they tell us? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Even when we tell them, you're going to have to do this, they're like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm just letting you know that I don't want to do it. But what happens to us as adults, I've mentioned probably on this podcast, is that we start to just accept those things that we should have said no to. Mm -hmm. And when we didn't say no to it, what we're doing is we're just taking little bits and pieces of who we are away. Yes, very definitely. And I think one day you look up and you don't even know who you are. Yeah. The other thing is I remember when my son was, so he's the youngest of my group. He's the youngest of everybody, actually. But when he was born, we moved, we relocated to Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I hated doing that because I was on maternity with a job that I really enjoyed. Well, before we moved, they had given my position to somebody else. So that kind of lowered the gates and made it easy for us to relocate. And we did. And the girl that took the position, we had a lot of similarities. We had gotten married the same year, had our kids the same year. Some other things that were very, you know, we were like marching in synchronicity together. And I got a call from another coworker who told me that she had died from cancer. Now, I had only been in Iowa for barely a year had passed. So she had been in my position like barely a year, but this was her mode of how she operated. And I had to think about this. For her, everything, I used to admire it until she passed away from cancer, but Mm -hmm. she would optimize everything. So at lunch, she'd go grocery shopping for her family. For her birthday, she'd ask her husband to do something in the house, you know, update their house. She had everything optimized and You know, everything was for somebody else, basically. Now you're gone and you're in your early 30s. I was mortified and I said, this is not how life goes. Yeah, you were getting at this. And for the audience, uh, you, you know, I always say that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you. So we could not get our uh, sound correct when we first got on here. So we kind of did a little switcheroo, but we did start with some questions. And Celan, one of the things you were getting to that where we kind of, uh, our Wi-Fi or whatever got disconnected, where women or people in general is that we don't take time for ourselves in rewarding ourselves. And what I hear you saying about this particular woman is that she did not give time back to herself or even maybe even feel like she deserved it. Right. She had twin boys. I had a daughter, but you know, that was the only difference. And I think, I don't know why we tell ourselves the things that we tell ourselves, but what I know at this point is this every single day, I need to do something that makes me feel good. Today, I'm in Chicago, so today, and it's very cold here, but not as cold as it's going to be tomorrow. So today, I got out and walked. It feels good. It helps my blood pressure. 
my state of being, everything. I'm walking with the trees that no longer have leaves. It doesn't matter. The yeah. sun was shining and I felt good. And that was what I did for me. And if we're able to do something every day that matters to us, whether it's, I mean, you know, maybe it's 30 extra minutes of sleep. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's up to you. But, you know, we're talking about something for you so that you're not the person that has to take off because you're sick. You yeah. know, that's how you get attention. And I know too many women that are doing that. I've yeah. had clients that do that. Stop forgetting about yourself. If you continue to forget about yourself and you continue to not take care of yourself and in the end actually love yourself, you cannot give your best to other individuals, not to your children, not to your spouse, not to your friends, not to anyone. That's exactly right. right. Who inspires you, Celine? Well, I have a few sheroes. My mom, my mom is gone now, but she was the one that when I first started writing, she encouraged me. I'd start writing and she said, just put everything in a folder and we'll fix it when you're done. And yeah. I said, okay. She was my go-to. She encouraged me to the best of her ability. I mean, she was kind of an entrepreneur, but she worked like a couple of jobs and uh, she was a hard worker, but she was honest. She had integrity. And there are very few people that I've met even now that are like my mom was. So she mm -hmm. was one. Um, another inspirational person for me is probably, and this is going to be surprising, this is my daughter, the one that got yeah. married. I was determined when I had her that I wanted to give her the best of me. Just like you were telling me about your daughter, I want her to be, I want her to be able to speak freely, to feel comfortable wherever mm -hmm. she is. And just to be f as fearless as possible. And she's pretty much there. She's doing very well in her career. And mm -hmm. she's got a, a private practice as well. She's not married now. And I love how she speaks very comfortably mm -hmm. in whatever circle she's in. So those are my two heroes. Awesome. And where do you see all of this going? Because you are definitely making an impact and by way of sharing your stories, which I tell everyone, the best thing you can ever do is share parts of you because those parts of you that you're actually sharing are gifts so to someone else who needs it at that particular moment. And you're for sure doing that. And you, you've told us here, and I definitely, I love the titles of your books and things like that. And everyone will get into them. Uh, we'll link all of that in the show notes. But okay. where do you see all of, all of this going? Where do you see Tequila, I really believe that we have a worldwide movement. I know it looks a little chaotic now in, in various parts of our world, and I'm not talking about United States only. I'm just saying all over. But change often looks chaotic and violent. And mm -hmm. I just believe that we've had so much happening. We've lost a lot of young people all over the world. We've had a lot of just chaos. And so my hope and my prayer is that I'm leaving pieces of wisdom and love and harmony and peace. You know, usually I do a Monday motivation and I talk, I say something positive. When I speak to people, when I hug, when I write blogs, you know, unless I'm on a rant and that's another yeah. story, but <laughs> I'm really trying a movement where all across the world we're sharing love Mm -hmm. And and it doesn't matter what color, it doesn't matter what nationality, it doesn't matter what religion, that we really are all people. You know, we're one people, just yeah. we look different and we, and we might sound different. And so that's, you know, I'm hoping to leave that kind of legacy, that kind yeah. of footprint. 
So if we wanted to get in touch with you, Celan, and we wanted to find out more about Superwoman and your books, everything that you're offering to us all, where could we go to find out more information? Come to my website. It is clynnwilliams.com. And I, you can get to my blog from there. You can connect with me by you know, filling out my contact page. Uh, you, it shows you what's coming up with my finding Superwoman Lunch and Learn. Or if you just want to connect with me and be, become a part of my coaching program, I offer a 30-minute complimentary discovery session where you tell me what's really on your mind and what you'd like to do differently. And I can help you do that. So my books are listed there, or you can go to amazon.com or Google books. And I I often say, especially around the holidays, uh, one of the things that I know, I lost my dad January of last year. And I know the holidays, you start thinking about those special people, people that really made an impact on your life. And, And they can be happy moments. So I say, you know, gift somebody either your time, buy books, Share stories like you're saying, you know, because you won't be around forever and you never know what part of you will be remembered. Lovely. So, Celan, this next part of the show, I like to go into personality questions. Okay. (laughs) So my first question is, if you could go back to your 10-year-old self and tell yourself anything about life, what would you tell? Oh, my gosh. 10 years old. So at 10 years old, I was probably in sixth grade, fifth grade, and I was, I wasn't scared of a lot, but I was bullied. Mm -hmm. And for those people who, even now, the the kids that go through bullying, we didn't have social media at all. I mean, our social media was somebody telling about something you did on the block. That was about it. (laughs) But but I, I I would tell myself, you have no idea how phenomenal you are now. Mm-hmm. I would encourage myself in ways that nobody ever did. See, at 10 years old, you're still so much your parents' child. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would have secret friends. I'd have, like, you know, the, like my daughter had imaginary friends, and we accepted mm-hmm. them. But I would have had imaginary friends myself, and I would have talked to myself more and encouraged myself more. What I know now I would have put into myself then so that I would be prepared. Because if you grow up in a household where you are constantly told what to do and how to act and everything, you get out, you go to college and you're like, what is all of this out here, right? I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) I'm free and I'm not going back. But, you know, but but I want to hit the ground running. I think that with all that's going on, I could have hit the ground running a little Mm -hmm. faster Right. And who knows where I'd be today? I think about some of the some of the young people who've made millions of dollars, whose parents encouraged them to start their businesses, whether it was a t-shirt company or an app. Yeah. Awesome. And <laughs> what place have you traveled to from your birthplace? What's the furthest place you've gone? Uh, let's see. I've been to Greece. Nice. My sister and I went to Greece. It was an honor of my mom the year mm-hmm. she passed. She had a trip booked for Greece with my aunt, and we decided in honor of her, we were going to go to Greece. So we did, yeah. and I'm glad we did that. Uh, let's see. It's uh, beautiful Greece. there. Oh, it is. I, yes. You got to go in the summer, though, not in the winter. We went in yes, the winter. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we froze to death. <laughs> my favorite away place 
I'm bad on geography. So I don't know if Greece is further away than Paris. It's close enough. You're still all in Europe. So it's all like around same like Europe. But Paris, I tell you, I've been to Paris and Greece, both places. In Paris, I was like, oh, I'm not going to fall in love with Paris. But when I got there, (laughs) gorgeous. Went back Uh three times. (laughs) Oh, see. (laughs) Now this next question, if you could be any animal, what animal in the world would you be and why? Any animal. Okay. So... Well, I always thought that my shaman animal was a um, in the cat family. So either mm-hmm. um, cougar or the panther, something that walks softly mm-hmm. and has a huge stick. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Leopard or a panther, or, you know, something like that. Yes. And the last one, we got into it a little bit. What is the story behind your name? <laughs> so... When I started writing, first of all, in college, I would take my papers home so my mom could help me write them. I had a paper due every week in most, a couple of my classes. And I hated writing. You know, college should be fun. Yes. I'm not <laughs> saying you shouldn't write papers, but the topics could be so much more. And I'm, I'm a professor now, so I try to make things as exciting and interesting because yeah. There's so much technology out here. There's so many different ways to just kind of glide through without really enjoying the experience. So I didn't like writing. So when I started writing, I was like, oh my God, no. What are you talking? I'm not writing anything. And four books later, right? Um, (laughs) So when I first started writing, I was, like you said, I was established. I had been in corporate America. I was in corporate. And I was like, nobody's going to believe me. They're going to be like, wait a minute, I thought you were a businesswoman. I thought you were a technologist. What do you mean you're writing books? So I didn't want to go through any of that consternation and anguish. So I just, (laughs) I had a pen name. I didn't want you to know what sex I was. All I wanted you to do was read my content. And if you thought it was decent, great. And if you didn't, that's okay too. Right. (laughs) It's a combination of my names, but it's, uh, you know, it's different enough that if you don't know me, you won't know. Right. so. Well, and I think that's important because it's the content that we should be consuming in the first place, right? Absolutely. But Celan, so. it's been absolutely a pleasure. I enjoyed every moment of it. And we can't wait to see what you have to offer more to us in the society. Okay. And okay. for sure, everyone, I will link everything that Celan has talked about with getting in touch with her in the show notes. And until next time, remember to stand out to be you. And that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you. And if you have a story to share, please connect with me and share it with all of us. We're ready to hear it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Celine.